We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Tide Run Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, and I am back after our one month off with a bone to pick. If I sound a little scratchy, it's because earlier this week during bedtime, I was reading to my daughter the Cookie Monster book, which of course required me to sing the songs which are recorded in the book in Cookie Monster's voice. So that was three days ago, and my voice has not recovered between teaching, coaching, and that. So if I sound a little bit more like Tone Loke than normal, that's why. But today I am here to talk to you about a travesty that occurred on ESPN.com via an article by Bill Connolly, whom I love, where he talked about the 50 greatest defenses of all time in college football. And he went through the entire history of college football. He ranked the 2021 Georgia defense number 17. And I am here to tell you why that is an absolute travesty for a college football journalist. If you're new to the show, please make sure to like and subscribe on your podcasting platform. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So like I said, um, Connolly is great. He's a numbers guy. He's one of the big drivers behind the SP Plus metric, which they developed at Football Outsiders probably 15 years ago. Great metric that we use a lot on this show. It's a very good indicator of how a team would perform on a neutral field against an opponent with all of the factors being even. And it's one of the things that we use a lot, even in our own personal rankings here at Tider on Sports. So one of the things that's important to note when you look at the Bill Connolly article, and it's on ESPN Plus if you have that, is that he goes through the entire history of college football. So I cannot personally argue for or against the 59 Ole Miss team that allowed 1.9 points per game or the 39 UT team that allowed 1.3 points per game. I just know that no matter what the era is, those numbers are absurd, and those teams probably should be in the top 10. It's also interesting that one of the things he tracks is the progress of college football scoring over the entire history of college football, with the low being, I think it was 1933, with 11 points per game being the average score, and it peaking in 2016 at 30 points per game. And... In between all those are some really good defenses between Georgia at 17, the team that's number one that we'll talk about later on. Teams that you'll know like the 97 Michigan Wolverines that won the national championship. That was the Charles Woodson team. The 1991 Miami Hurricanes and even 86 Oklahoma. Another championship team like the 92 Bama team that won it with Gene Stallings and the Indomitian Sioux Cornhuskers of 09. Here's the thing. Some of these teams I understand being in the top 10 for others, I don't see how they're objectively better than Georgia. So let me go ahead and read to you the top 20 rankings. We'll talk about why it's absolutely ludicrous for Georgia to be ranked as the sixth best defense of the last 13 years. (laughs) Here we go. At number 20 is 1946 Notre Dame. UGA has three teams bunched together at 19, 18, and 17. The 2019 dogs are at 19. The 2020 dogs are at 18. The 2021 dogs are at 17. 16 is the 2009 Nebraska Cornhuskers. 15 is the 92 Bama team I just mentioned. 14 is the 1997 Michigan Wolverines. 13 is 1945 Navy. 12 is 1932 USC. 11 is 1991 Miami. 10 is 1986 Oklahoma. 
And yes, that is the Brian Bosworth team, if you're wondering. Nine is 1972 Michigan. Eight is 2011 LSU. Seven is 2011 Alabama. Six is 1939 Tennessee. That's the team that allowed 1.3 points per game, which is ludicrous. Five is the 1965 Michigan State Spartans. Four is 1959 LSU. Three is 1959 Ole Miss. Two is 2016 Alabama. And one is 2017 Alabama. And boy, do I have a lot to say about those two units. So that's the list. And as I said, they have Georgia ranked not only outside the top 10, they have them ranked as the sixth best unit of the last 13 years. And a few things that I think are important to consider as we try to compare across eras, which is always a really terrible idea in general. But a few things that I'm looking at when I make these comparisons, how hard was your schedule? And very simply, how many ranked teams did you play? Because that's something that we can objectively measure. And we can disagree on whether or not those teams should be ranked and whether the rankings were accurate. But the number of ranked teams is at least an objective measure we can use. Two, how dominant were you? Shutouts are very hard to come by. So if you have a lot of shutouts, that's impressive. If you didn't, how many teams did you keep out of the end zone? Because you have games where a team gets three points or six points, which is, in a lot of ways, almost as impressive as a shutout. Three, how many meltdown games did you have? How many times did you give up a big number? And the fourth, as a tiebreaker, very simply, did you win the natty? So I want to start by talking about some of these modern era teams, and I mean teams of my lifetime that I take issue with. So the 1991 Miami team, which was a great national championship team, they held five opponents to a field goal or less, which is very impressive. They allowed just over eight points per game, and that included games against four ranked opponents that were in the top 11. And they wrapped up their national championship season with a 22-0 thumping of Nebraska in the natty. Now that is super impressive until you realize that only one of the five opponents they held to a field goal or less was ranked, while UJ held two ranked teams out of the end zone completely and allowed just six points per game to all of their unranked opponents. That Miami defense was good, but objectively, they didn't do anything that the UJ defense in 2021 did not do. 09 Nebraska played five ranked opponents. Eight of the teams they played failed to reach the end zone, which is nuts. Overall, they went 10-4, and four, but in three of those losses, they allowed 16 points or less, so their offense completely let them down. They allowed a total of 13 points to their last two games against Texas and Arizona, Texas being the national runner-up that year to Alabama, and Arizona being a team that was ranked in top 25 at the time. Again, super impressive credentials. And then you look at 2021 Georgia and realize that they allowed 13 points to Clemson, Arkansas, Kentucky combined. <laughs> which tops the 13 that Nebraska allowed to Texas and Arizona. Oh, and Clemson, Arkansas, and Kentucky were all ranked in the top 15 at the time of the game. So, yeah. The 92 Bama team that was also ahead of Georgia played four ranked teams. They allowed just nine points per game in SEC play, which is a really strong number. And only two of the teams they played topped 20 points per game. And three teams they played did not – reached the end zone at all. However, UJ only allowed one team to top 20 points per game, and they kept five opponents out of the end zone. So again, objectively, why is this team ahead of Georgia on this list? Their numbers are not better. 
Now, a few of the teams that I get being ranked at least in a tier with Georgia are the 86 Oklahoma team. They held seven opponents to either zero points or three points. That included UCLA, Nebraska, and Arkansas, all of whom were top 10 teams, and they combined for 28 points total. Only one team scored more than 20 points in them all year long, and they gave up 6.8 points per game for the year. So that's legitimately a legendary defense. Now, having said that, it's worth noting that seven of UJ's opponents also failed to score an offensive touchdown, and the defense actually pitched five shutouts. But because we threw a pick six at the end of the game against UAB, and because Charleston Southern got a fumble recovery off an interception by UGA and ran it back for a touchdown, the UJ defense doesn't get credit for a goose egg. So understand this. Five teams did not score at all against UGA's defense, but they don't get counted at shutouts because of the pick six and the freakish fumble recovery. If UGA could count those five shutouts by the defense, the best I can tell, that would be the most in the last 40 years. Just to give you some context here. And I guarantee you if we had those goose eggs, they would have moved UJ up the rankings. And our SP plus number would also go down because it doesn't account for how those touchdowns are scored necessarily. All right. Moving on to the 97 Michigan defense. And y'all know I'm a huge Michigan fan also. They held opponents to a super impressive 10.2 points per game. Well, sorry. They're top 10 opponents. <laughs> Their other opponents they held to 9.5 points per game total. Only one team broke the 20 points per game barrier against them. And five teams completely failed to reach the end zone against them. That's a defense that belongs in the top 10. Again, 10.2 points per game against four top 10 opponents is fantastic defense. Now, by comparison, UJ only allowed one team to score more than 18 points on them, and they gave up 14 points per game to five top 10 opponents. Not as good as Michigan's number, but they're playing in a much more offensively friendly era. And two of the teams, Clemson and Arkansas, didn't score touchdowns at all. Now, moving on to the 2011 LSU and Alabama teams. These are teams that I think are actually underranked on this list at 7 and 8. Those two defenses were unreal. The 2011 LSU defense, people don't realize, they allowed 11.3 points per game, which is a good number, but they played nine ranked teams. And their schedule included the Pac-12 champ, Oregon, the Big East champion, West Virginia, back when West Virginia was still really good, and the national champion in Alabama, who they played twice. <laughs> so five of the teams that LSU played failed to score a touchdown. Seven of the teams they played failed to break double digits, and only four teams all year topped 11 points. No team topped the 30-point mark against them, which is something the 2021 UGA defense can't claim. And they played 10 SEC opponents, remember, because they had the SEC championship game and played Alabama again. And in those 10 SEC matchups, they allowed 10.7 points per game. By comparison, Georgia, who also played 10 SEC opponents this year, allowed 12 points per game. So those LSU numbers are absurd. They top even Georgia's, especially when you consider how difficult their schedule was. The Bama team that beat them in the national championship game gave up 8.2 points per game, which is absurd in this era. They played five ranked teams, which was actually one of the easier schedules of the modern teams in the top 10, because this is a year when the SEC was down. Urban Meyer had just left, so Florida had dropped off a little bit. And five of the teams they played failed to score a touchdown, including a shutout of LSU in the natty. 
Eight of the teams they played failed to reach double digits. Only one team scored over 20 points, and it was Georgia Southern of all teams. No one else all year scored more than 14 points in Alabama. And against nine SEC opponents, they only allowed 7.6 points per game, which as far as I can tell is the best number on this entire list. So if there's any two modern defenses that have an argument to be above Georgia, it's these two. And I really am questioning why they're not higher on the list. Now, circling back around to Georgia, one of the issues I had was with the 2021 defense not only being ranked low, but being lumped together with two other UJ defenses that were really pretty inferior to that defense. Now, by SP+, Plus, the 2020 and 2019 defenses were the top-ranked defenses in the country, and they were good units. But look at the differences. In 2019, Georgia had six-ranked opponents. Nine teams scored double digits. They had three shutouts, which is the same as they had in 2021. Four of the opponents didn't reach the end zone. That number was five this year. And they allowed 15.3 points per game in the SEC games, which is more than the 12 points per game they allowed to SEC teams this year. Again, good unit, but those numbers are nowhere close to what they put up this year. The 2020 team had some numbers that were kind of skewed by the fact that this was the COVID year and they didn't get any out-of-conference games. So you didn't have any of those cupcake teams to kind of bolster your defensive rating. So they actually gave up 20 points per game. But remember, that's against a pure SEC schedule plus Cincinnati. So they allowed two 40-point games. Eight of the 10 opponents scored in double digits. The 2020 team had no shutouts. And again, I'm trying to figure out why is this team in the same tier with the 2021 unit, even though they did finish first in SP+, and it was a good unit. Their raw numbers do not even come close to comparing with the 2021 unit. As for the 2021 unit itself, they played seven ranked opponents. Five of their opponents did not reach the end zone at all. Seven of them did not score an off touchdown. Two top 10 teams were completely kept out of the end zone. Only one opponent scored more than 20 points. No one else scored more than 18. And they held 10 SEC opponents to an average of 12 points per game. If you take out the second quarter against Alabama, this defense probably gets pushed up the rankings. But the issue I have with that is that the 2016 and 2017 Alabama units that are ranked 1 and 2 had some really bad tape also. Let's talk about them real quickly as we wrap up. The 2016 Bama team that's ranked second all-time allowed 13 points per game, played 10 ranked opponents, which is absurd. Six of their 15 opponents did not score a touchdown, which is, again, really, really good, especially because 2016 is the highest-scoring year in college football history. In their nine SEC games, they allowed 15 points per game, and they lost the Natty, giving up 35 points to Clemson, in addition to giving up 30 to Arkansas, and 43 to Ole Miss earlier in the year in wins. So again, I get it's the highest scoring college football season ever, but it's only about two points per game higher than 2021. And if this is a historic defense, how do you justify three different games where you gave up 30 points and one where you gave up 40? I'm sorry, but that disqualifies you. In addition to the tiebreaker I mentioned earlier, they lost the natty because their defense couldn't get Clemson off the field with a chance to win the game. They stopped Clemson at the end of the game. They're national champions. 
By comparison, 2021 Georgia with the game on the line gets a pick six to seal the game and put Alabama to sleep. Bill Connolly may be one of my journalistic role models, but he is dead wrong on this one. Bama being number two on this list is ridiculous. Now, what about the 2017 unit? That unit's got a better case with an SP plus of 5.6, which is just out of this world absurd. That I think that's the lowest one I've ever seen for a complete season. Most years, the number one defense has an SP plus of 8 to 10. So for them to have one that was 5 is absurd. But that season, they allowed 11.9 points per game. Five opponents failed to score a touchdown. They played six ranked teams, if you count FSU's preseason ranking, because FSU ended up being not very good that year. But that team allowed four opponents to score 20-plus points per game. They allowed 12.1 points per game against SEC opponents. And I'm looking at this defense saying, this is a great defense, but is this even better than their 2011 defense, who gave up eight points per game, held SEC opponents to 7.6 points per game, and only allowed one team to score over 20. This is not the best college football defense ever. How do we get there? So my issue overall is that if you are going to put 2016 Alabama and 2017 Alabama in the top 10, there is no objective argument for leaving out a UJ defense that was easily as good, if not better, than both those units. If you want to put 2011 LSU and Alabama over them, I understand. We can have that discussion. But the Nebraska, Oklahoma, Alabama defenses of the 90s and 80s and 2000 aughts have no business in the discussion with this Georgia defense. Especially when you factor in the championship and the draft picks, five first-round draft picks off the same unit. This isn't even a discussion. So, I know y'all have waited a long time to hear me come back, and I'm back with a fire. And if you enjoy this, please make sure you share it with all of your UJ friends and know that we'll be back in the next two weeks with a UJ season preview where we'll be dropping more hot fire like this that you can't get anywhere else. This has been David Thay for the Title Run Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.